Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال الله سبحانه وتعالى في مكان ثاني يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما in today's khutbah, inshallah, I will try to shed light on the subject of the tawakkal and the use of the means. There is a little bit of confusion when we say the word tawakkal. Tawakkal means the reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala putting your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is a confusion sometimes happens when we look at the ayat and a hadith on the subject, if we do not have the correct understanding, it can lead, it has, there are people who lead to the, get to the discussion of thinking, tabakkal is, you rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not do anything. That's one extreme. And the other extreme goes to the other end, and thinking everything is dependent on our efforts and means. So we really have to go back and dig in to the ayat and the hadith and look at the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the best example for us to be followed. And when we look at the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I will use one of the examples of his life today that talks about both part of it, which is the tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reliance on Allah, and also how to utilize the means. And when we look at the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi about him being prepared to do the things and using the means, that is part of the wahi for us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be followed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, قُلْ لَنْ يُصِيبَنَا إِلَّا مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَنَا هُوَ مَوْلَانَا وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَلِيَتَوَكِّلِ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Say, never will be struck except by what Allah has decreed upon us. He is our protector and upon Allah, let the believers rely. So we have been commanded to rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, number one thing. 
And to understand, when we talk about tawakkul, it is part of our iman. It is part of our aqidah that we rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And the servant rely on Allah in everything. This matter is one of the actions of the heart. Remember that. When we talk about the iman, we talk about the aqidah, that is something related to the heart, that we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this way. And a person who rejects the tawakkul, the definite evidences from the Qur'an and the sunnah, he will be out of Islam. Because tawakkul is something part of our iman, we have to have it. But at the same time, we have to understand the distinction between the tawakkul and the actions that we undertake. As I said, tawakkul is part of the iman, something about the heart that we believe, we rely on Allah Azza wa Jal. But when it comes to the actions, the actions have to be performed as we are directed. There's a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that talks about a man came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he asked him about the camel, whether he should tie the camel or let it go. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam That you tie it and you rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, many a times, this is misunderstood that way, that we put all our efforts first, and then we rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a wrong understanding about tawakkul. The hadith is not saying that. It says, اَعْقِلْهَا وَتَوَكَّلْ Wow here is wa'ataf, which is, Conjunction of two things, two commands. Which is, you tie the camel and you rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala simultaneously. So our reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there prior to the action, during the action, and after the action is done. So it's not that all my actions will be performed and then I will rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like many of us misunderstood this hadith and think of our actions this way, even preparing for the exams as you guys are getting closer to the finals. Thinking of, well, we have to put all our efforts and then when the results will be coming, then we will rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is incorrect. (coughs) And that's also incorrect to think this way. I'm not going to prepare nothing for the exam. And I'm relying on Allah, Allah will give me good grades. <laughs> because that's contradictory to the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And for us, the best example is in the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now the example I want to bring in from the life of our beloved Prophet is an example that I kind of hinted in my last khutbah which is the migration of the Prophet ﷺ with Abu Bakr Siddiq One thing to remember, when we talk about the hijrah that he made, the hijrah 
was the turning point for the mankind. It is one of the most important events of the mankind. Because Islam turned into simply calling people towards Islam into implementation phase of Islam. And from there on, it start, Islam started expanding. In a very short period of time, Islam spread to most of the known world. That was because of this migration was the cornerstone. And now when we look at that migration, and by the way, Sahaba understood this migration as an important event. Hence, even the Islamic calendar is linked with the Hijrah. As we know in the time of Umar al-Khattab a document was presented to him and the date for a month of Sha'ban was there. And he questioned which Sha'ban is mentioned here. The previous year, this year, or the coming year, you can't tell. It just says month of Sha'ban. Hence, the need of calendar was there. Twelve months were known to, to, the, to the Muslims even prior to Islam. Those 12 months were known to them. This is why they had those sacred months, even in Jahiliyyah. So now, when the suggestions were presented to Umar al-Khattab, first they tried to talk about the Persian calendar or Roman calendar, they were rejected. Then, <coughs> four other suggestions were given. We can link it to the birth of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, or when the prophethood was started, or when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam migrated from Mecca to Medina, or to the passing away of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Why? Because calendars are always linked to the most important event of any community. So they were talking about these four events, and they concluded it has to be the Hijrah. So Sahaba unanimously agreed on this subject that this is the most important, crucial time that has to be linked, linked with, the, uh, with the calendar of the Islam. Now, let's talk about the Hijrah and what circumstances happen and inshallah we can learn some lessons from there. When Rasulullah <coughs> was doing the da'wah in Mecca, we know the struggle that he went through. And the Meccan society was not replying to the way Rasulullah was looking for. Even the surrounding tribes were not responding. And finally, the tribes from Yathrib, Aws and Khazraj, six people came first year. Then twelve the next year, who gave the first ba'ah to Rasulullah the oath of allegiance. And then the thirteenth year of Nabuwa, the prophethood, they gave the second ba'ah, or the oath of allegiance to Rasulullah wasallam. And after that, Sahaba started to migrate to Medina. But Rasulullah himself and Abu Bakr, they did not. They did not migrate. And Abu Bakr, Rasulullah did not command Abu Bakr to leave yet. And as many hadith and one of the hadith in Bukhari, <coughs> Sahih Bukhari mentions, Rasulullah he used to visit Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu on a regular basis, during the morning time and the evening time. And if you're aware of the temperature and the climate over there, it's tough to go and visit during the midday. 
Because that's the hardest time. But one day, Rasulullah went to Abu Bakr and that was during the midday time. And Rasulullah he asked for Abu Bakr. And when Abu Bakr came, he understood that is something important. He would not have come at that time otherwise. So the Prophet said, أَخْرِجْ Whoever is around us, ask them to leave. Something very important of Allah was about to say to him. قَالَ يَا رَسُولَ That these are two of my daughters. Asma and Aisha, they are reliable people. And then Rasulullah told Abu Bakr, قَدْ أُذِنَ لِي I have been given permission to leave. Why am I stressing this part here? It's because it's a misunderstanding as if Rasulullah was escaping from Mecca to Medina. He was waiting for the permission from Allah. That permission was the one because of which Rasulullah left Medina, to left for Medina, from Mecca to Medina. And then Abu Bakr's question was, and he was so happy. His question was, As-suhba ya Rasulullah, am I going to get, I'm going to get the companionship of yours? Am I going to accompany you, ya Rasulullah? And Rasulullah's response was, suhba yeah. So now, Abu Bakr's response was, that he had prepared two camels, two she-camels. And Rasulullah said, that he will not take unless he takes the price for that. Telling the story short because of the time. During that time, right prior to that, the Meccans, they were plotting against Rasulullah Why? Because they saw the Sahaba have started migrating from Mecca to Medina. And now they wanted to take care of this problem for them, the Islam. And they were suggesting each other, what should we do in Darunadwa sitting there? And one of the reports talk about shaitan was there in the shape of an old Najadi man. And he was there to confirm what they're going to do. While they're discussing, somebody says, we can put him into jail. They say, no, that's not going to work out. Let's take, throw him out. They say, well, he has a very sweet words that he speaks. People will gather around him and they will create more problems when he comes back. They said, okay, Abu Jahl came up with the idea, let's kill Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, billah. And upon that, they thought it is good, but there's a problem. If one man goes and kills Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then the tribe of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is going to take the revenge, and the war will break out. And then Abu Jahl himself, he suggested that, okay, let's take one person from each tribe, and we'll all strike together so that the tribe of Muhammad will not be able to take the revenge. And they chose people around them. Shaitan agreed right away. Yeah, that's the one. This is the one you should follow. Then they gathered 11 people from different tribes who were going to kill Rasulullah. They surrounded the house of Rasulullah thinking the morning he will come out, we'll strike him together. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was planning something else. Because Rasulullah was told by Jibreel what they were plotting, 
and Rasulullah put Ali radiallahu an in his bed, and he left in front of their eyes, they were not able to see. Rasulullah there. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِذْ يَمْكُرُوا بِكَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِيُثْبِتُكَ أَوْ يَخْتُلُوكَ أَوْ يُخْرِجُكَ وَيَمْكُرُونَ اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ خَيْرُ الْمَاكِرِينَ Because they were plotting, these disbelievers, they were plotting to imprison him, to kill him, or, and on and on, and Allah was plotting. And Allah is the best planner. Then Rasulullah sallallahu and Abu Bakr, when they left, they left, instead of going north to Medina, they went south. To Ghar Thor, the cave of Thor. They stayed there for three days. Over there, Abu, Abu Bakr's son Abdullah used to come during the night time. And he would tell the news what happened, what's happening in Mecca. Because after they found out Rasulullah has left, escaped from them, they put the price tag of 100 camels on each Muhammad Sallallahu and Abu Bakr. 200 camels you're talking about. Just Google it. The price of camel, you'll see that the price of camel nowadays is ranges from $5,000 to $10,000. $20,000 actually. Let's make an average of $10,000 that makes a million dollars per head. At that time was placed for Muhammad Sallallahu and Abu Bakr. And then everybody was there to look for them. And some of them actually were able to reach Ghar Thor, the cave of Thor. But before that, I want to make sure to understand that Abdullah bin Abi Bakr, he used to bring the news. And then Amir bin Fuhira, the free slave of Abu Bakr, a Muslim, he used to bring his goats during the end of the day and bring some of the goats to the milk so they can get enough milk. Asma bin Abi Bakr, she used to bring the food for them. And these goats were brought there, so they will take, remove all the footsteps that were leading towards there. So all sorts of preparation was done by Muhammad It was not that he was escaping out of nowhere. And then we find that at the end when they had to leave after three days, Abdullah bin Uraqat, who was not a Muslim at that time, he was hired as a guide because he was a trustworthy person. But he was hired, and he came third day with the two camels. And then they went to Medina, and even when we're going to Medina, they're taking all the different routes than the normal path. And when they made it to Medina, what you see over there is people were waiting for Rasulullah That shows it's not just escape, as many of the people talk like that. Rather, it was a well-planned migration that Rasulullah did. And I had to skip many of the steps here because of the lack of time. But what I want to make sure to understand that, that Rasulullah showed us in a very planned manner how he was prepared he was to make an action. See, if he just had to, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just wanted to show us that he could migrate. Few months or about a year or so ago, Rasulullah went through Al-Isra al-Miraj. <coughs> that was a much longer distance and he covered during part of the night actually. But here, there's a lesson for us to learn. We're not asked to do Al-Asra al-Miraj. Yes, we may have to do migration, or to use this incident to understand that we have to utilize the means, the means which are allowed for us, not to just say, I am relying on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And those means have to be the halal means. Does not entitle us to look for haram means to be utilized to gain the, to, to achieve the goals that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed on us. 
And that's what we learn from the life of Rasulullah wasallam. Many a times this becomes as if Rasulullah this whole idea of hijrah becomes like a, oh, there were some spider was there and pigeon laid the eggs and, uh, uh, and on it, which is, look, yes, spider may have made the, 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 the web. But that was not Rasulullah's preparation part. If Allah is doing something, Alhamdulillah, yes, we hope that the help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But they, they relied on Allah and they put all the means together. As a matter of fact, when they were in the cave of the fall, the kuffar reached there. And Abu Bakr was scared. And he asked Rasulullah like that if they just look at their own feet, they will see us. Google the picture of Ghar Thor, cave of Thor, you will see how the, Ghar, the cave looks like. You will realize just looking down, you can see who's inside. Then Rasulullah said, What? Ma dhannuka ya Aba, ya Aba Bakr. What do you think of those two? Among them, the third is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what it means by reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That the results are in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes. But the means have to be undertaken by us that Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects from us. But we continue to rely on Allah. And similarly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also the very same incident. إِذْهُمَا فِي الْغَارِزِ يَقُولُ لِسَاحِبِ لَا تَحْزَنْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَنَا فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ سَكِينَتَهُ عَلَيْهِ وَأَيْدَاهُ أَيَّدَهُ بِجُنُودٍ لَمْ تَرَوْهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, what do you, those two men who were in the ghar, and when he says, Muhammad sallallahu to his sahib, his companion Abu Bakr, لَا تَحْزَنْ Don't be sad, Allah is with us. And Allah descended the sakina, the calm and the peace and the tranquility on them. That's what it means by the reliance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not inactivity, not in action, don't do anything, and then put everything on Allah, Allah will do everything for us. Then why should you go to Jannah? If you're not going to do anything, so in action, the means have to be used. The means have to be used, which are allowed in Islam, remember that. So sum it up in the end, because we are running our time. When we talk about on on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is part of our iman. We must rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before the action, during the action, after the action. But we have to utilize the means to achieve the actions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us. And you will find all over the place in the the, the way Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam acted in many, many places. This is why he went through so much difficult time. But he continued to stick with the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he did never ever disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is part of our iman as well. He was ma'soom. He was infallible. So, and then Rasulullah sallallahu from these actions we can see how he performed the action, how prepared he was and at the end he continued to rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the correct understanding of the deen to apply in our lives in the best possible manner and to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as our example. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and seerah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. 
Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.